Welcome to the Parkcast, Episode 2, Trauma in Children and Adolescents. The Parkcast is a weekly series that brings evidence-informed child welfare practice to life by highlighting literature reviews from the Particle Archives. I'm your host, Matthew Hollingshead. This podcast introduces the concept of trauma and provides an overview of how it can affect children and adolescents. It also provides specific advice about how child welfare practitioners can address the issues of trauma that may be experienced by the children and youth that they work with. What is post-traumatic stress disorder? Post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD, is a type of anxiety problem that results from a person being exposed to an extreme traumatic stressor and responding with intense fear, helplessness, or horror. Responses also include persistently re-experiencing the event, avoiding stimuli associated with the situation, numbing of general responsiveness, and increased arousal. Children experiencing PTSD react with disorganized or agitated behavior. These symptoms cause distress and impairment in important areas of functioning. It should be noted that the diagnostic criteria for PTSD was based on symptoms and studies of adults. Although children do present with some of the same concerns, they may also present in ways that are different from adults. There are a few different types of PTSD, including Acute PTSD When symptoms last less than three months Chronic PTSD, when symptoms last three months or longer. Delayed PTSD, at least six months have passed between the traumatic event and the onset of the symptoms. Complex PTSD, complex trauma occurs when someone is exposed to traumatic experiences chronically and pervasively. This may include children who have lived in war or conflict areas or who have been the victims of interpersonal violence, such as neglect or physical and sexual abuse for extended periods of time. Often this leads to a child becoming more vulnerable to a number of victimizations throughout his or her life. The ability to trust others and develop close relationships is severely compromised. It should be noted that complex PTSD is not a separate diagnosis, though many professionals have sought its inclusion in the dsm 4 It is a concept to help practitioners better understand and treat individuals. What causes post-traumatic stress disorder? Post-traumatic stress disorder is caused by experiencing or witnessing a traumatic event or learning of an event experienced by others. Examples of traumatic events can include, but are not limited to, physical attack, sexual abuse, animal attack, being kidnapped, tortured, natural or man-made disasters, or car accidents. Specifically for children, sexual abuse may also include developmentally inappropriate sexual experiences that do not involve threatened or actual violence or injury. Children may also witness events including serious injury or death due to violence, accident, war, or disaster. Children are more likely to develop PTSD in relation to how severe the event was and how close he or she was to the traumatic event. 
There is also some indication that factors including social supports, family history, and personality variables may influence the development of PTSD, though the disorder can occur in individuals without predisposing conditions. What's normal and what's not? It is normal for children to be affected and frightened by unsettling or traumatic events. Their reactions to stress are usually brief and they recover without further problems. However, it is when children continue to re-experience the event, avoid any reminder of the event, and experience ongoing hyperarousal, a state of increased psychological and physical tension, that they could have post-traumatic stress. Re-experiencing the event could include having frequent memories or frightening dreams, acting or feeling as though the event is occurring again, or developing repeated physical or emotional symptoms when reminded of the event. Younger children may not feel as though they are reliving the experience, but may do so through repetitive play. Nightmares of the event may turn into general nightmares of monsters, rescuing others, or of threats to self or others. Children with PTSD may also show the following symptoms. Worry about dying at an early age. Losing interest in activities. Physical symptoms such as headaches and stomach aches. Showing more sudden and extreme emotional reactions. Having problems falling or staying asleep. Showing irritability or angry outburst. Having problems concentrating. Acting younger than their age. For example, clingy or whiny behavior and thumb sucking. Showing increased alertness to the environment. Repeating behavior that reminds them of the trauma. How common is it? It is unknown exactly how many children have been exposed to traumatic events or who have developed PTSD. Some community-based studies indicate that PTSD rates range from 1% to 14%. However, this includes people developing PTSD at any age. Studies which have examined children who are at high risk, for example, those who have witnessed a sniper attack, been exposed to community violence, or who have been sexually abused, have higher prevalence rates ranging from 24% to 60%. How long does it last? Symptoms related to post-traumatic stress disorder may last many months or, untreated, many years. The disorder can occur at any age. Generally, symptoms begin with the three months following the traumatic event. However, sometimes children and adults begin demonstrating symptoms months or even years after the event. The duration of the disorder may be related to the nature of the traumatic event. What treatments are effective? Child welfare practitioners must often refer children in care to mental health treatment as a result of the abuse or neglect the children may have experienced. There are many centers and clinicians that provide services for children who have been traumatized. However, the type of treatment used by a given center or clinician varies considerably, and they are not always based on current evidence. It should be noted, however, that these treatments may still be effective, but have not had sufficient research to adequately ensure their efficacy. 
Medication is sometimes used to manage symptoms related to PTSD, including agitation, anxiety, or depression, particularly when these symptoms can interfere with other forms of psychosocial treatment. However, it is primarily considered to be in addition to psychosocial treatment and should not be used in its place. The California Evidence-Based Clearinghouse for Child Welfare, or CEBC, reviews and rates programs relevant to child welfare. The print particle accompanying this partcast includes a table listing the most effective programs for the treatment of trauma related to children. Please see the particle for more information. What can a child welfare practitioner do? If you suspect that a child you work with has post-traumatic stress, you may want to seek further assessment. This might include talking with the child or with the youth school to determine if they have seen this problem as well. Schools and children's mental health centers both deal with a number of children and youth with trauma problems, and they may have wait lists for their assessment services. If a referral is made for an assessment, facilitate access to those services. This might include providing information or transportation to and from services. Support the work of the children's mental health clinicians. Depending on the therapist, and provided that the child's guardian has signed a consent form for the exchange of information, child welfare practitioners can offer mental health clinicians with valuable information regarding the child, the family, and the treatment. If you are concerned that the child may be in danger to themselves or others because of mental health problems, take him or her to a physician or the emergency room department of a hospital immediately. You can also encourage and support families to provide support to the child by Minimizing the amount of violent or upsetting images that the child is exposed to from television. Repetitive frightening images or scenes can be very disturbing, especially to young children. Helping the child to establish a predictable routine and schedule. Children are reassured by structure and familiarity. School, sports, birthdays, holidays, and other group activities take on added importance during stressful times. Coordinating information between home and school. Parents should know about activities and discussions at school. Teachers should know about the child's specific fears or concerns. Watching for physical symptoms related to stress. Many children show anxiety and stress through complaints of physical aches and pains. Helping children communicate with others and express themselves at home. Letting children be children. They may not want to think about the incident or other tragic news. Providing these children with extra support and attention when they hear of tragedies or news of war. Children who have experienced trauma or losses may show more intense reactions to this type of news. A useful resource for practitioners who are interested in this topic is Working with Traumatized Youth in Child Welfare by Nancy Boyd Webb. This book presents helpful information regarding how the fields of mental health and child welfare can be bridged to best serve the needs of children who have experienced trauma. A link to this book is included in the print particle that accompanies this podcast. You've been listening to the podcast, episode two, Trauma in Children and Adolescents. 
The Parkcast is produced by Practice and Research Together, a membership-based organization that promotes the understanding and use of evidence-informed practice at all levels of the child welfare system. For more information about this episode's topic, The Parkcast, or Practice and Research Together, please visit www.partontario.org. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at PartEIP. That's P-A-R-T-E-I-P. Thanks for listening. 